Hello, welcome to Charity Chats. I'm your host, Samuel Davies, and uh, I'm here again to talk with you briefly uh, before we get into our interview, which this time round we had with Amy Sweeting, who's been on the show before. Um, if you wanted to uh, listen to her again, you can always go back to, I think it was our Major Donors episode, which was very interesting. And uh, we had a lovely chat at her offices, Missing People's offices, um, a few weeks ago and talked about fundraising boards, which is a very interesting subject uh, to talk about and something that some charities do, other charities don't. Well, have a listen, see what you think. It might be right for your charity. Here we go. Yeah, welcome to Amy Sweeting. Hello. Um, thank you for joining us again for Charity Chats. Very excited to uh, to be here. Nice to meet you finally. Nice to meet you because last time we were saying we uh, we did the interview over the phone, didn't we? So yeah, that was and that was for the major donor podcast. I think the major donor episode, I believe so. Yeah, which has had <laughs> <laughs> it was very memorable. So um, that's great. Um, okay, so we're talking about fundraising boards. Yeah, so um, I do, uh, yeah currently working with a fundraising board. Quite interesting. Um, so. Currently head of major gifts at Missing People, been here for six or seven months now. Um, when I started, we had a development board in place. Um, and I think that historically, perhaps it wasn't, um, a lot of people were, were maybe asked to join the board purely because they needed people to join the board. Um, they didn't really have a focus uh, per se. Mm -hmm. um, and it was sort of left to its own devices uh, and therefore not really being utilized in the way that it could have been. Um, so since I've started, I've worked with my team and we've um, rebranded and refreshed it to be the fundraising board um, and given it a, a three-year strategy, given it focus, written in terms of references um, and really thought about you know how we can use this group of people um, and what we're going to use them for. Mm -hmm. So that has meant that a few people have dropped off, which we expected to happen. Um, but it's also meant that our board is there with a purpose and mm. it's there full of influential, well-networked people who know what they're doing um, and can move that forward. So we're really excited. We're at the kind of beginning stages of that. We've got um, one of our celebrity patrons who has just agreed to join the board. Oh, which brilliant. Was, it was a bit of gravitas, which is great. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're kind of super excited about that. Um, so how many people have you got on your board? So at this, the moment, this is a fundraising board we're talking about, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, fundraising board. So at the moment, um, we've got seven people. Great. on the board um, yeah. we're looking to increase that to probably about 12 11 mm. or 12 mm. um, I think anywhere between 7 and 12 yeah. is, is good um, you don't really want too many more than that because it becomes a bit of a logistical nightmare sure. unless you're looking at kind of subcommittees and things like that but right, I think okay. um, as it is Anywhere between seven and twelve is probably a good a good number. And do you know what you're looking for in terms of uh, skill sets? Are you looking for twelve different skill sets, or you know you're not breaking it down that? Yeah, that, no, that I detail? think I think you're exactly you're right. It, it is looking at different skills. It's looking at people that work in different sectors as well. Right. And um, so they can kind of influence people in that sector. They're bringing with them a completely different network. Mm. Um, whether you've got someone in kind of marketing, someone in. Um, insurance, someone, just all those various people um, with with various skills. You need kind of the sensible head. You need the really motivated, ambitious head. So, yeah. um, I think yeah, and and people that are going to work together really well, and that also have the time mm. to give to the board because a lot of the time you can get someone really amazing on the board, and actually then they're going to have one phone call with you in the year, and that that's it done. Right. So it's it's making sure that people are engaged enough with the charity that they're going to give you the time that you need. 
And, and the people that you're, well, the people that are on the board and the people that you're looking to recruit, are you going then to people that know about the charity? Are you looking, are you stepping outside of it as well? Are you looking for people that maybe don't have an idea what the charity does, but are looking to help a charity? Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that is a very good question. So I, um, a couple of jobs ago, roles ago, um, I worked for a hospice um, and I was there purely to um, raise 9.4 million for a capital project. Wow. Um, and as part of that, I created a campaign board, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a fundraising board, um, and did that from scratch. So so very much looked at all of this. How do I get people? Who do I get? Um, and for that, it was looking at um, people that were already engaged with the charity, uh, donors of the charity, or uh, networks of donors of the charity, but right. also people that give to similar charities or um, people that are very local and would have a reason to support the charity, although they may not know about it yet. Um, So it's all of those various things. I don't think there's any kind of one particular way, Hmm. um, as long as, like we say, people have the time, they've got the motivation, um, and they've got the networks. I think that they're kind of the main three things that you're looking for. And have you got people that are part of your trustee or governing board that are on the fundraising board as well or are they all exclusive yeah we don't at the moment um but i have got a couple of uh the trustees that i'm i'm hoping we can get to a point where we can ask them yeah and but we also have other boards across the organization so with services we have kind of um, the child rescue alert board things like that so it's just working out i guess which trustees are sitting where and making sure we're not kind of pulling them in too many directions right okay and and because it is very focused it's just making sure that whoever we do ask um, is able to to you know make large gifts ask for large gifts things like that so and is that because we talked about this in the major donor um podcast i think that you know that kind of peer-to-peer ask is is easier especially if they're asking for large sums of money or, or large you know amounts of support in whatever capacity that is so is that the reason to have a fundraising board that you know you're getting people to ask their yeah, I think Piers. that um, that's definitely part of it, is mm. about um, making the ask, but you will also have people on your board that don't want to make the ask, no. but what they will do is introduce you to people, or right, they'll organise okay. an event, or they do something like that, so, you know, I've I've absolutely had people that, ha- that's how they have supported a board, mm. um, and they themselves are not happy to go and make the ask, and, and that's something that you get to know with your board, and you know on an individual basis what yeah. they do and don't want to do. Sure. Um, but I think that opening up networks, be that by making the ask or influencing it or companies as well or trusts and foundations any of those ways of working and um, as long as they can support in one of those ways mm. and events as well is a is another kind of prime example yeah um so yeah i don't think specifically it's um yeah it's just whatever they can do and so it's that, that kind of having that conversation i suppose at the outset is it kind of measuring expectations yeah, both and th- ways and exactly and i think yeah. that's where a good terms of reference comes into play as well sure. um so i have been very specific and um, right. very much said you know what they need to do in a year what events we have in a year what they can support how they can support and um, and also i so i go um I go to every meeting with a list of major donors, trusts and corporate prospects that we want to get in touch with. Mm-hmm. And I pass that around and I say, you know, take it away, talk to your networks. Do you know anyone in any of these areas or any of these people? And then they'll come back to me if they do. So wow. by kind of being very rigid into the to the books, um, yeah. which is how a lot of, you know, very important and very busy people like to work, mm. you're, you're kind of making it as easy for them as possible. Right, so you're leading it really. Are you the chair then? Of your no, no, we have, we have a chair um, yeah. and I work very, very closely with our chair. Mm. So, um, you know, we're, we're kind of catching up all the time on what's going on. And um, I 
do sort of more of the admin stuff, making sure that I'm driving what the chair is distributing and what she's saying. Right. And um, so I'm kind of drafting the emails. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're writing up the minutes, doing those sort of things to make sure that um, it's as easy for her as possible. Because sure. again, she doesn't have a lot of time. So, I mean, if, if there are charities, especially small charities listening to this podcast and they haven't got a fundraising board, is a fundraising board, do you think, is it useful for any charity or would it depend on the charity? I think it depends on the charity and yeah. also it depends on the aims of the sure. charity. Um, I think that the hospice where I worked, there would have been no need for a board if there wasn't a capital campaign. Mm. I think that having that very specific ask and and goal in place is really important because you know all these amazing charities are, that have had big um, fundraising boards like um, the Cancer Research Campaign for Change and all of those sort of things. Yeah, they they have an aim, they have a goal, mm. and they have a, a journey to get there. And I think that's you know it's not necessarily just for any charity just because they need some help with their fundraising. Mm. That's I think that a lot of the time it's better to just work with your donors and support them individually rather than having a board. But I guess if, if you're set up and you're ready and you've, you're, you have people that you know will join and, and will work hard to do it, yeah. then you know it's, it's worth putting out some feelers, talking to a few people, seeing if you can find a chair. Mm. Um, and then you know, if, you've, if you can, then go for it. So I suppose you've got to, you're trying to tie the board or the fundraising board to your existing strategy or whatever strategy your organisation has. So rather than having them come in to potentially inform what that strategy is, is that the is that the idea? Yeah. So I have um, a, a, we have an overall fundraising strategy here. Um, I have a major gift strategy that feeds into that, and um, and then we have a fundraising board strategy um, which the fundraising board would be very involved in mm. um, which sort of says how how much we want them to raise how the that could happen why that needs to happen and what that will mean right um, and so yeah I think that it, it needs to feed into another strategy and we have um, you know that that's a stream of income for us that we account for so we need to make sure that we're hitting that as part of our target is yeah. to work with the fundraising board and to achieve that mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think, but it works in different ways as well, um, depending on what, what it is that you've you've got to fundraise for. In terms of, you know, pros and cons, either that you've experienced with, not to say your current board, but with, you know, with boards, or, um, or that you could foresee, I mean, you know, what kind of pros and cons do you think that, Again, if there's if there are charities out there thinking about um, setting up a board for whatever reason, whether it's to help raise their funds, I mean that, that I've worked for some charities where there is a fundraising committee, which similar to a board, I suppose, mm. which is kind of a sanity check of new fundraising ideas and, and involvement in those kind of yeah. fundraising strategy. But in terms of pros and cons, I mean, are there obvious pros and cons to having a fundraising board above having paid staff doing that work or, or? yeah well, I think that the kind of obvious pro is that um, your paid staff aren't going to have the networks that a volunteer board a fundraising board would have sure um, and also I use a fundraising board as well as a kind of a leg of my kind of stewardship of that person so yeah. in terms of getting them to give a big donation themselves I think that you know senior volunteers of any level whether that's on a board or individually Mm. should be giving a gift if they're asking other people to give a gift so if they're on a fundraising board and that's what their aim is 
that goes hand in hand with with giving themselves and I mm. think that you know that's that's a quite an important part of it sure and um, and I think other pros are that you know they're bouncing off each other they're they're in a room where they're quite you know a lot of people um on boards are very um they've got very good jobs they're obviously quite competitive they're very good Great. at what they're doing they're, they're, there, they're bouncing off each other they're kind of throwing around ideas yeah um, and that's then for for me and my team to follow that up and make sure that actually happens but um yeah absolutely a, a big pro is it's people you wouldn't meet otherwise it's things you wouldn't get done otherwise it's mm. bringing a completely different gravitas to your organization that you wouldn't have otherwise that yeah. paid staff just just quite simply couldn't do um, I think cons, it takes up a lot of time, yeah. a fundraising board. It's, um, they can, members of a board can be very demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, they expect a lot because that's, you know, they should expect a lot. And they're giving up their time, aren't they? Absolutely. And they, they want to see results. And that's yeah. why you need to be prepared to have everything in place to, to go with that. Sure. Um, other cons, well, I don't, I don't know if necessarily. I'm sure you know, depending on individually who of is course. on the board. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether there's there's any other cons that I can think of off the top of my head. No, really. Um, apart from the sort of time. I, and I suppose you know that part of that time um, con or issue might be. Um, do you ha- do you have? Or well, I suppose there's the possibility of um, board members pushing their own agenda, which might maybe conflict with the fundraising agenda. That's, I suppose that's possible, but that kind of goes back to your yeah. point about it depends on the personalities of the Exactly board that. I've, I've never experienced that mm. um, in the kind of few boards that I've, I've worked with. Um, and I've definitely worked with boards of various levels. So when sure. I was working um, at the hospice, it was quite, um, there was a lot of sort of com- more community fundraising type mm. um, individuals in that group that um, kind of, you know, the local... Um, vicar that could support but it was a more of a low level at the imperial war museum it was right. very high level so it's yeah. kind of been a, been a balance and so therefore seen a lot of individual personalities shine through and how they yeah, work yeah. Um, and but i think with all of them it is it's shown me that you just have to have the time and you have to have the agenda and the aims and you need to have a plan in place. We've mm. got, you know, our fundraising board, we've got a communication plan in place. Oh, wow. We've got, you know, we, we do it by the books because we want to make the most of that group of volunteers and we know that's not going to happen without all of that. And how often are you in touch with the uh, fundraising board? Is it monthly or quarterly? Or So we um, actually talked to our fundraising board about what they wanted from us, how much yeah. communication, because um, we used to sort of do it, that we, we have quarterly meetings and afterwards we send sort of a, a long email and then maybe halfway through the quarter we'd send a big update, mm. which is quite a long email. And actually they want it short, sweet, to the point and often. Yeah. So we've taken that into consideration. That's what we do. Um, our chair, I'm, I probably chat to her twice a week about various things okay, that I'll we're organising events, yeah. we're doing that. Yeah. We're updating. We, we invite them to lots of different things. Mm-hmm. So you know, our carol service. Our, our they all, most of them took a table at our gala event in, a couple of weeks ago. Great things like that. So just keeping them inspired, keeping them motivated. Um, we do things like um, record a thank you message from someone in our services team, or record a story and send that to them. So just oh, kind brilliant. of really making it personal and individual to them because this is this is also you know quite a big potential or mm. is a donor. So mm, it's it's absolutely. a really nice way that you can. And um, you can steward them along as well. And and that stewardship, you know, that, I suppose that's the kind of thing you should be doing with your donors as well, isn't it? And so yeah. from the sounds of it, you know, they are a donor. They're donating their time and Absolutely. their expertise and everything. Yeah, so and, and hopefully money. And hopefully money hopefully as well, money. yeah. yeah. So if, if they're willing to give a gift, I mean, do, 
do you find you know if, if somebody on your fundraising board is if the if the remit is to generate funds and they need to be able to ask somebody then the easiest way of being able to ask is presumably by saying I'm I'm making a donation you should too yeah exactly and I think that's where you work with your board to show them that and I mm. you know there's a really good report that's come out recently I'm not sure if you read ah, it called the yeah. perfect fundraising partnership. Um, which was it's solid like a blue management. Pizza moment there. Yeah, well, Here's exactly. Here's one I made earlier, <laughs> but I didn't make it. Um, and that's by Solid Management and the Institute of Fundraising. And that um, kind of yeah is is I would recommend for anyone sort of thinking about a volunteer board or a mm. fundraising board to read that because it really has a lot of very good case studies in it and yeah. and things that will, will support you along the is journey. Is that is that accessible online? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I so would just, um, I'll yeah. send you the link. Oh, that's good of you. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, that's a really good one. So, listeners, you can find the link to that document on our website, <laughs> charitychat.org.uk. Thanks, Amy. That's great. Um, okay, so um, that's good. And in terms of if if a charity is listening to this podcast and they're thinking, this sounds perfect for us, we need a fundraising board, and they haven't got one already, what should be their initial steps, do you think? Internally, I would talk to your staff, members mm-hmm. of staff, your directors, your CEO, to see if they've got any suggestions of people that could join a board and also if they think it's a good idea because I think you need buy-in from across an organisation to be able to put something together like this because it, it can have quite a big impact on, yeah. on what you're doing. Um, get some suggestions of people and also just put some feelers out there. Go and talk to some of those suggestions, talk to some other people, mm-hmm. see if it's something they would join, You know what, um, what sort of information they would want, what would they would want from the charity, things like that. Um, and just get more of an idea of whether it would work for you. Hmm. Um, and I think that by doing that and by getting more and more input, you'll get the idea of whether it is the right or the wrong decision. Sure. Um, and then hopefully, if you if it is the right decision, you will then have a nice list of people who have you know, showed their interest in it um, and you can go from there. But I think um, also just making sure you've got a good chair is quite important mm. because you, you can very easily have a board full of good people and no one wants to chair it because they think right. they don't have the time. So sure, making sure. sure you've got a good chair of someone that can take the lead, can drive that, and mm. um, that you can work with very well is very important. Are there any, you know, is it worth looking for people that have no idea about your course? From the sounds of it, you, you know, you've talked yeah. about that earlier. Yeah, I think that some of them, um, some really good fundraising and successful fundraising boards um, have been through advertising for mm. chairs and for board members and right. through going out and finding, you know, setting your heart on someone and going out and getting them. Yeah. And I, I know that some of the most successful ones have been th- with thanks to that. So definitely right, okay. I think that's an option that people yeah. can people can do. I'm not sure whether for smaller charities that's as feasible, mm. but I think, you know, absolutely go, you know, have an aim and have a dream list and, and go for it. Should charities pay fundraising board members, in your opinion? Um, I think that they're very much there on a voluntary basis, but I think that you are investing in your senior volunteers. So there is, um, you know, we're sending flowers when they put on an event, we're doing this, that, the other. So I wouldn't necessarily say payment. And I think that for a lot of people that would not come across well in no. the calibre of people that you've got on your board. Mm. Um, but I think, you you know, you're, you're constantly investing in in supporting them and in thanking them um, along the journey. And you're investing in, a, in the relationship, aren't you? I suppose in the exactly. same way that you would when you're you know, working with companies and things like that. Yeah, so. absolutely, definitely. Yeah. 
so I'm quite um, keen on sort of reviewing as mm. I go. Um, so one thing that um, I have done with boards and I will be doing with my board here is after a year kind of reviewing how the year's gone, what worked, what didn't work um, and changing it up and don't feel afraid to make suggestions. You know, mm. you're, you're a professional fundraiser. You're the one that has the experience and the knowledge yeah. and the skills to be able to support them and to give them guidance and advice. Mm. So don't be afraid to speak up and to, and to work with them, not for them. Then there's been a lot of stuff recently about trustees and on the one hand trustees not being supported enough by charities or by their charities to know what they're signing up for and equally um, you know, not enough governance of trustees making sure they're fully trained up and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Do you have the same thing? Because with fundraising boards, my understanding is there's no, they're not liable, they're just they're helpful, they're volunteering, they're, they're supportive of what you're doing in the same way that somebody organising an event would be. So is there, a, is there a benefit there, do you feel, that you know, people are more likely to be on a fundraising board or a committee than they are potentially as a trustee, which has more, um, more responsibility? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's less official. Hmm. So I think that um, people who may not have time to be um, a trustee might consider joining it. And you're exactly right. There's no liability. They're very much there in a supporting capacity. Or they're trustee of another charity and they just want to lend their hand to another charity. So I have, um, that will happen a lot actually, yeah. is that, you know, they're already a trustee in a couple of places, but they do have the skills and the knowledge and it's four meetings a year and, and you're making sure that who you're going to, if you know that already, you're making sure you're not asking too much. Mm. So I think that, um, yes, it is a very, very different ask to a trustee. It's not a governance role it's very much you know specifically about fundraising yeah. um, and actually that is fun that's a fun thing yeah, to kind of do yeah. that's you know like i say we've got one of our celebrity supporters so it's nice to come to meetings we've got really exciting events we do every year um, and we really do support them to have the best time and to make sure that they're um, they're really enjoying being on the board and does it help you and your team kind of focusing on you know the, the structure of the fundraising year ahead to having this group of kind of impartial slightly impartial group that are kind of helping to you know sanity check ideas or yeah you know, definitely like... definitely and they are um, the driving force behind quite a lot of our events as well mm. so um in terms of supporting our work they do so very very heavily but yeah if there's um you know something that for example if our corporate team need um a company to sponsor or something or our events team then we we have a group of people that we know yeah. will you know, either tell us they don't have someone but won't be offended when we ask all the time and or they kind of find the relevant person. So we're, um, yeah. we're very lucky. Because they're enablers, aren't they? I exactly, suppose, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. There you go. Amy, thank you so much for being on Charity Chat again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been fun. Good. So there we go, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, Amy Sweeting, uh, who's uh, obviously very knowledgeable and enthusiastic and passionate about what she does. And it was fantastic to talk with her about fundraising boards. So now to thank our corporate sponsors. Giant Squid Audio Lab, who sponsor our podcast kit. Thanks so much. Magda Aksumit for the website design. You can have a look at her lovely design work by going to charitychat.org.uk. Forest of Fools for playing throughout the the, uh, the episode, and we really love their music, and it keeps us g'd up as we're recording. And also RR Yard Photography for the pro bono website images they provided to us again, charitychat.org.uk. Have a look at our website, guys, and please do get in touch. If there's anything that you disagree with, that you agree with, 
that you think was awesome, that you think was really bad, or if you have any questions or queries that you know about future shows that we could do or anything like that, please do get in touch. And you can find all of our details on charitychat.org.uk. I'd love to hear from you, as would the other contributors. So um, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back fairly soon with another episode. And uh, yeah, stay safe. Bye.